FromTheHeart.org Radio, in collaboration with Mayo Clinic, you are listening to Mayo Clinic Talks with Dr. Bernard Gersh. This is Bernard Gersh at the Mayo Clinic, and with me today is my friend uh, of many years and colleague, Dr. Veronique Roger, who's Professor of Medicine and Epidemiology at the Mayo Clinic, but also Chair of the Department of Health Sciences Research. And um, we're going to talk about changing patterns in acute myocardial infarction, but Veronique, maybe you could also just begin um, wearing your other hat as the first author of the AHA Annual Stroke and Statistics, uh, Stroke and Cardiovascular Disease Statistics Report, and tell us what is happening nationally in terms of the of cardiovascular mortality and also frequency of myocardial infarction. Yeah, Bernard, thanks. I mean, I'm delighted to uh, have the opportunity of discussing the, this topic. And indeed, looking first at um, national trends is helpful to then look at more local studies and put the two in perspective with one another. So at the national level, uh, what's been seen over the past um, decade or decades even is a decline overall in cardiovascular disease mortality. Um, Within that the global global trend in in decrease in cardiovascular disease mortality, there's been some shift in disease patterns, both for acute coronary syndromes and for heart failure, and uh, there also has been uh, some uh, trends uh, in cardiovascular risk factors, as we know, with an increase in diabetes and obesity, decrease in smoking, uh, decrease in hypertension. So the, the the trends are complex, and they really have to be integrated uh, in order to be able to... to uh, but, it, but it is interesting that there's still a decline in mortality, whereas a number of papers have suggested... First of all, it may be leveling off. There was even a question about whether the epidemic of diabetes and obesity would be causing a slight increase in cardiovascular mortality, but certainly not for the moment. Well, I think the the way to interpret the overall decline is to also recognize that um, there are some divergences across uh, strata in the population. So, for example, uh, the uh, decline in younger individuals uh, is uh, sort of counteracted, if you will, by an increase in elderly persons. And there and there are some disparities in terms of the burden of cardiovascular disease across race and across sex. So I think what I was sharing is a global picture, but within this global picture, it's not a uniform message. So, um, but we are seeing at least a leveling off. In some groups, yes. I mean, in middle-aged men, it certainly has leveled off. But, for example, in black women, it's staggering. So it depends on which group you're looking at. So you're going to talk about some uh, local studies, and in particular about the Olmsted County Community Study, um, um, which has been in existence for, what, 50, 60 years. Yes. Can you just tell us a little bit about the strengths and limitations of uh, this Olmsted County uh, yeah, I th- uh, epidemiologic I, project. I think any uh, any community studies uh, will be complementary to national trends because national trends are very important as uh, signals, if you will, to point to areas where we need to drill down and understand more. But by necessity, national trends uh, are going to be at the very macro level, if you will. And so community studies are really complementary because they enable you to drill down. What's happening in a smaller group? What can we, uh, they enable you to measure uh, risk factors, to measure outcomes, to measure medical care much more precisely than at the national level. So we've got all the information basically that we need in these patients, but I suppose a limitation is it is 
a study based in southeastern Minnesota, predominantly Caucasian. And a fairly affluent area, reasonably yeah, affluent area. Uh, I, I th- yeah, I think the uh, the medium income is a little bit higher than the national income, and certainly the population of Sid County, Minnesota, is more exposed to health care just by uh, virtue of proximity to the Mayo Clinic and Olmstead Medical Center that are two medical centers and, and that are the main employer. Now, I will say that the population of Olmstead County is becoming much more diverse uh, and that over the past decade we've seen a, a welcome influx of uh, non-white populations, but for cardiovascular disease, which is the conversation we're having, since it's a disease that occurs in older ages, we're still seeing uh, a majority of Caucasian. So what have we learned about myocardial infarction or the acute coronary syndromes? Let's broaden it. Well, I think what uh, what we've learned and that has since been confirmed by other groups is that there has been a major change in the epidemiology of myocardial infarction over the past 10 to 15 years. And what we've seen is, number one, a decline in the occurrence or incidence, if you will, of myocardial infarction, which was unexpected. And second, a profound, profound change in case mix. The uh, uh, incidence of ST elevation myocardial infarction is plummeting, whereas that of non-ST elevation myocardial infarction is either stable or increasing in some groups. Veronique, um, in terms of the decline in the incidence of new cases of myocardial infarction, Isn't this contrary to what we would have expected with more sophisticated diagnostic techniques, namely the development of the troponins and originally CPK-MB? I would have thought it would have given us more infarcts but little infarcts. Well, and that that is exactly why this is so striking is because we were expecting when troponin came along and Mayo Clinic adopted troponin in clinical practice in 2000, which is a little later than some of the other centers, we were expecting when we adopted troponin that we were going to see an increase in myocardial infarction. And in fact, we saw a decline. And what we were able to actually do in our own research studies is to also ascertain or classify MIs, if you will, with CK and CKMB. And what we found is troponin did indeed mask a little bit of the decline, so that the decline would have been even more pronounced is, if troponin this, had not existed. This is staggering. Has it been seen in other groups? Yes. I mean, it's been reported in the New England Journal of Medicine. I mean, we're reporting in circulation. It's been reported in the New England Journal of Medicine by Kaiser. Kaiser. Uh, and they have incidence curves that mirror ours in terms of the, the change in case mix and the, the decline Any in Any European studies? I know there have been studies showing Ma- the mortality yeah. has gone down in no, my there's been since, since then, I mean, since then, there's been, in terms, particularly in terms, in terms of the change in case mix with uh, ST elevation MI versus non-ST elevation MI, there's been studies from um, England, there's been studies from Australia, uh, there's been studies from, as I said, several places in the United States. So it's been... It's been all it's showing a decline in all incidence. All showing a decline. So... And, and a change in case mix. Right. I mean, and that's what's so uh, exciting, or exciting is probably not the right word, but that is what is so fascinating about this, is that we are anchoring a lot of our public health policies and, and, and quality measures and uh, management strategies around ST elevation myocardial infarction. In particular, if you think about door-to-balloon time, well, I mean, that's a construct that is not going to be as easily applicable to non-ST elevation MI yeah, as well. I mean, I've just come off a CCU rotation, and I can, I mean, one, one's very much aware of it. I mean, STEMIs, which we all like taking care of, mm-hmm. and really were the focus of what we did in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 90s, they're just going away. Why? Well, uh, you know, it's that, that's, that's really an interesting question, and that's, we, then, that's where we have to go back to national trends. And, and can I, yeah, can I actually just interrupt? And point out that at the same time, there is a very good registry from India 
that is showing in, in a developing country like India, if I can use the term, um, STEMI dominates over mm-hmm. non-STEMI, but not, not in the rest of the... So, rest of Europe. So, and, uh, so, and, and so that's, th- that point is particularly states. interesting because in order to be able to try to comprehend what, we, what we're seeing happening under our eyes, we need to go back to the national trends and the trend in comparing countries, just like you said. I mean, what's happening outside the United States, et cetera. And what we know is that, at least if you look at the United States, the risk factors have evolved. I mean, they're not necessarily improving. I mean, we talked about the obesity and, epi- and diabetes epidemic, but certainly smoking is down, you know, significantly in this country. So isn't it interesting that when I do see a STEMI mm-hmm. in a younger woman, it's usually from a lower socioeconomic stratum, and they all smoke. Yeah, and so, so smoking, smoking plays a role. And then the second piece uh, is the way we handle primary prevention in this country. And, you know... If you start thinking about the use of statins in the general population, start thinking perhaps about the use of aspirin in the general population, you begin to understand that we've uh, introduced uh, some new facets to the management and prevention of cardiovascular disease. I wonder why statins would cause a non-STEMI versus a STEMI. Well, you know, maybe it causes a smaller infarct. I mean, maybe yeah. it promotes plaque stability, and so the plaque rupture could be smaller. I mean, this is all very speculative, but plaque rupture could be smaller. Uh, inflammation might be what less. What about the, the fact vessel. that? Um, so many people have been revascularized. I mean, at a well over a million people have had pr- bypass surgery and PCI, and maybe this lead. We know that bypass surgery probably does not have an effect on non-fatal myocardial infarction in terms of its frequency. Right. But it certainly may contribute to smaller infarcts. Yeah, I, I think we, we can't rule this out. I mean, it really cannot be directly inferred from the data that we have, but we can't rule out that... Uh, you think the fact that the population is older... They've had disease for a longer period of time, maybe collaterals, more collaterals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's you know, this is all speculative. So we can kind of think about that. I mean, hypothesize and think about new studies. I think from a medical management standpoint, as clinicians, that's a fascinating, uh, fascinating uh, observation. And you know, what's really interesting is I was discussing this phenomenon uh, with a cardiologist in private practice in Switzerland, who actually happened to have trained at Mayo Clinic many years ago, and we were discussing this at a meeting, and I was saying, well, we see, um, you know, we certainly see uh, uh, less STEMIs in our practice here. Oh, he said, we don't see any anymore. And I said, well, what do you think that is? We're having this conversation about because I, you know, as a, as a yeah. clinician investigator, I was a somewhat puzzled. He goes, oh, it's all because of smoking. He said, when we introduced the ban on smoking in Switzerland, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're and, and it could very well be. I mean, this is, this is only yeah, um, purely speculative, but it could very well be. Remember that the very first study on um, secondhand smoke banning, I think from Pueblo, Col- no, from Helena, Montana, I think, then one from... Pueblo, Colorado, showed a decline in MI within one year. Yeah. In fact, it was so strong that at the time I almost couldn't believe it. Yeah. So what are the implications? I mean, for those of us who love looking after STEMI patients and you know, the reperfusion era, I think, has been so exciting. Uh, this is... A <laughs> Well, you know, we're I, I not going to be out of a job, but what uh, are the no, implications? No, I, I think we're going to have to, uh, we'll need to get passionate about other fr- other presentations of, uh, of uh, acute coronary syndromes and myocardial infarction. I think the issue that uh, is important to recognize with uh, with, uh, with non-STEMIs is that, as we know, of course, they present differently. I mean, their management, is, they pose a whole slew of different challenges. And in addition, uh, what we've seen unequivocally is that they occur in older people. And so, you know, as we know, I mean, for those of us who practice cardiology, it's becoming geriatric cardiology more and more every day. So what we've also seen is that 
when these people present, I mean, they don't present just as a non-STEMI. They present as a non-STEMI with three or four or five comorbid conditions. I mean, they have renal failure. Uh, they, they, they have uh, rheumatoid arthritis. They have, of course, diabetes, et cetera. So they present a management challenge which is real and which really calls upon approaching these patients not as a disease, meaning just the non-STEMI that we're going to fix, quote unquote, but as a, as a person that re, that that whose, whose care really needs to be approached in a holistic fashion. Mostly, Veronique, um, do you think the, the I, I think there's just been a report again on new definition of myocardial infarction and the task force have refined their previous uh, diagnostic criteria. Does that change things for you as an epidemiologist? Well, every time a definition gets changed, uh, it keeps epidemiologists in business because every time a definition gets changed, we have to understand what it does to the trends in, in the occurrence of disease. So there's no question that it will, that any change in definition will impact trends. Uh, you know, we've learned to live with it, but it's uh, it raises some issues. Of course. But the take-home message is, despite the changes in definition and diagnostic criteria for myocardial infarction, the frequency has declined yeah. staggering, or the incidence has really declined yeah. uh, by a huge amount. And the case mix has completely shifted yeah, absolutely. from STEMI to non-STEMI. Yeah. But I suppose it's sobering to think that in the developing world or the lower income countries who have the least resources, they are still experiencing an epidemic of STEMI. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Mayo Clinic Talks with Dr. Bernard Gersh. Visit theheart.org to find out more.